like beer? Do you want to learn how to make your own beer? It's time for Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Here's your host, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. Happy holidays. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Jeremy White and Bert Deister on Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It. Good morning. Happy yeah. Festivus. Happy Merry Festivus. Festivus. Yeah. Uh, down to the nitty gritty here with um, the holidays. Yeah. So you guys are open today from 10 to 4, tomorrow mm-hmm. from 11 to 2, close Christmas, and then back to regular hours Tuesday through Friday? Not quite. We're going to be open only till 5 o'clock next week. So okay. Tuesday to Friday next week, we're open till 5, and then starting on Saturday, we'll be back to our regular hours. Okay. So Saturday, 10 to 4, close New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and then Tuesday, 11 to 7. Until the next holiday. And back to it. Okay, very good. We've got a lot to get to. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, because we've we've talked about this a little bit, is the Taste of Buffalo homebrew competition. I heard from the people over at the Taste of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, I think they're pretty excited about this, about adding this element to the Taste of Buffalo, which is such a big event in the well, area as it, it is. And it's, it's also, you see this a lot in all these different uh, big events where they want to have a you know showcase beer and this might sound absurd immediately but think of a lot of our classic styles that we kind of go yeah yeah for all different years oktoberfest marzen that's based mm-hmm. around like you know uh, a festival and so i don't think this is that absurd to have beers based around certain events or certain times of year and like i said from the home brewer this is a really fun one like i, w- I would rather win this than you know, maybe first place in a, in a category that had big prizes. I mean, having all your friends go to this event and say, oh, by the way, how did you like my beer? Yeah. That's a big bragging yeah. right. Yeah, very so, much so. So the deadline, entry deadline is? Uh, the 20th of January. Yep. And they have on their website at homebrew.tasteofbuffalo.com, they have a list of all the styles that are available. So there is limited categories here. It's not all the BJTP styles. And what they're doing is they're trying to pick a beer that will go good with the event. So it's in the summer, need something light-bodied, but you also need something that's not in extremely heavy in any one particular favor because this is a food event. So you need a beer that's going to pair well with any food. And if you're entering and you're kind of thinking like, what's my edge for this competition? I think that's going to be it. Is you got to have a beer that's unique, it's flavorful, but it can't be overbearing so that you, you know, are limited with your food pairings with Mm -hmm. it. So if there's a little edge to this competition just like with the fan favorite competitions if you go a little over the top with some of the flavors a little over the top with any you know anything kind of that you can do outside of the brewing so again like people who are doing cocoa beans and coffee presses or you know running it over like uh you know through uh, coconut uh you know husk to uh, kind of give it some flavor for those again those competitions where it's you know, pick your favorite. With this one, they're trying to have a beer that's paired with an event. If I was looking at this, I would do something that would pair well with food. Okay. Very good. So that's your plan. That's the game plan. Going that's my the, plan. Uh, the now t- I actually have to brew a beer and get it ready by the January 20th. 20th. Yes, which is always the hard part. Yeah. So for anyone, last-minute gift stuff, uh, nthomebrew.com available. You can buy gift certificates and print them out yes, right there. Yes, you can. Yeah, if you go right to the top of the page, there'll be, you know, print a gift certificate in any amount. There's, if you find the gift certificates as an actual item, like in a category, those are going to be a mailed card stock. But if you go to the top of the page where it says print a gift certificate or email a gift certificate, you can get that back in a very short period of time. It takes a little bit to confirm, but otherwise in an hour or two, you should get a confirmation email that's going to contain the gift certificate. And that way you can just forward it, print it out to somebody. So if you're trying to get them a gift certificate on the go, we got you covered. All right. Very good. So for the procrastinators out there, print it at home.
Uh, nthomebrew.com, you can pick up orders as well. And any other supply stuff that we should know about, um, whether it's for Monsters, the Catalyst, you guys are still last-minute purchases? And we have them stocked. I always want to make this clear to our regular customers. When it comes to the holidays here, while we do focus a lot over these two weeks on holiday shoppers, um, it's not like you're going to come into our store on Boxing Day and the place is going to be stripped bare. We have, you know, for Monsters, we have Catalyst, we have um, Grain Fathers, we have, you know, tons of just kind of basics and especially like sacks of grains and, and newer hops so that when you have a little bit of time off finally in this holiday season and you're, you're at home with the kids or family, maybe a brother-in-law is in out of town, he wants to brew, we're going to have everything that we've been talking about over these past two weeks ready to go in stock. And this is the big rush I think that we get more excited about and that's when our regular customers come in with money to spend and so they're looking they're excited to make some you know kind of improvements to either their brewery try a different recipe they maybe have their pockets loaded with gift certificates you know so we're excited for that kind of after holiday time it's really when we get into the meat of our business again people have free time they have a little bit extra spending money after the holidays and this is usually what they're going to put it to so we'll be there we have everything in stock as far as equipment ingredients and we're ready to go after the holidays all right very good beer on tap what do you have on tap these days? We have a New England IPA. We have a cryo-hopped West Coast IPA, and there's still a, that little bit of the second keg of crunch berries. Blonde oh, ale. all right. Very good. I'm trying to think of something. I, I saw something new this week, and I wanted to bring it up on the show. I'll, it'll, it'll jog my memory. I'll, I'll, I'll search my member banks. Uh, but all right, today, what are we talking about? Vanishing dry hops. This is, you don't mean they actually vanish. Yeah, you just don't. They don't see any result from them. For some reason, despite soaking your beer with hops in a dry hopping process, you you aren't getting the return on that. You got it. And, and that, that's something that can happen, that does yes, happen? Yes, it does. And I think we're seeing it more. And particularly, I'm going to bring up one of our friends we often do. He's a mutual homebrewing friend, and he's not here. It's always easy to point a finger at. <laughs> and this is Aaron, if he's listening. Um, and he called me today because he had brewed a beer an exact recipe uh, for a second time. And this is kind of rare as a home brewer. I know for me personally, I don't often brew the exact same recipe twice. I'm always making little tweaks or jumping from style to style, partially because once I have a keg of 50 beers on tap, so I have a pale ale with, you know, 50 ready to go, I'm not too excited to get another pale ale behind it. I usually want something different. But he went back to a recipe. He still had some around, and he tried remaking the same beer. And this can be a very disappointing element as a home brewer because even though it's he thought he did got everything exactly the same whether he hit his starting gravity he hit his finishing gravity he got the same fermentation temperatures all the same ingredients and the beer turned out slightly different um and particularly it lost a lot of the dry hop kind of aroma and flavor um so he called us and you know we talked a bit with it but this isn't um, consistency is one of the things a home brewer often doesn't have to worry about uh, and is, you know, the kind of the really the realm of the commercial brewer. As a home brewer, if you're a little bit off on your IBUs or a little bit off on the color, you're probably going to know, but you're not going to be upset. And the people you're serving the beer to are probably not going to notice, especially if it's the same, same recipe is made six months, a year apart. It's gonna, really going to be hard for them to tell. In this case, he made them right back to back, and he noticed that he had a problem with his dry hops. And I think as a lot more people make almost exclusively IPAs, especially New England IPAs that are heavy on the dry hops, 
um, this is something that we're beginning to notice a little bit more. People are having problems getting that same consistency out of their dry hop. And particularly, sometimes they go to taste the beer at racking or they go to taste it when they go to bottle. And it seems like there's almost like there was no dry hops added to it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at today a couple of the ways that you lose the dry hops, basically, and some of the ways you can kind of fix that or prevent it, at least. And, okay. you know, for those who don't know, you know, dry hops is when you add hops to a fermenter, usually post-fermentation. Um, you pretty much just put them in, walk away, and you come back a designated time later, maybe if you're doing a New England five to seven days, if you're doing like a West Coast, maybe 10 to 14, you come back and you rack the beer off the hops and it retains that flavor. Um but if you're doing just what I just said, dump the hops in on top of the fermenter and you walk away, getting a consistent you know, dry hop flavor and aroma is going to be hard. And you might end up like Aaron, where all of a sudden you're just not getting the flavors that you want. And the first thing he told me is it didn't have any off flavors. And, and I think still this kind of pointed to what his problem was. So we went over his, you know, where he went back to the hops in the the freezer. Are they cheesy? Are they moldy? Are they oxidized? No. So they, they didn't have any cheesy aromas. They didn't smell like toes. Uh, they hadn't turned brown or like, you know, like a pale yellow. Um, but the one thing he did notice is that they had lost their flavor in general. As he pulled out this bag of Amarillo, so he bought a pound of Amarillo, and he was using it one to two ounces at a time, and he's getting down to the end. And he all of a sudden just noticed that there's no citrus smells, there's no peachy aroma coming off here. There's almost nothing. So there was no off flavors in his case, but there was no real positive flavor. So in this case, and in his case, the hops were old. He was buying his hops in bulk. Um, he noticed later on that the heat sealer that he was using um, didn't really seal the bags completely. Hmm. So he thought they were sealed. He's putting them in the freezer. Um, but they were opening up a little bit. The YCH bags with the, the kind of the Mylar uh, metallic liner um, were a little bit too much for his at-home heat sealer, and he didn't realize that they weren't getting all the way sealed off. And so here's what was kind of going on in his case here. Again, there was no bad flavors, but that doesn't mean that the hops weren't aging somehow. So the bad things for hops, as we know, are humidity, heat, UV light, and oxygen. When they get the humidity plus a little bit of warmth, they're usually going to turn cheesy on you. If they get a little bit of UV light and a little bit of oxygen, they're usually going to go skunky. In his case, the freezer kept them dry, kept them cold, out of UV light, but however, because they were not sealed, it was still exposed to oxygen. And although it didn't drastically you know, oxidized. He did have a little bit of woody flavors in there, so it showed that he was getting a little bit of oxidation, but also it had just let all the nice oils and all the nice aromas out of the bag. It got pulled out with the humidity while it was sitting there inside the freezer. It just lost all of it because it was not sealed. And so for his case, after about, you know, 10, 15 minutes, we were able to quickly kind of figure out what the problem was. But that didn't mean that we didn't look at like every other option as well. So if we look at kind of Aaron's lesson here as our first kind of example, just old hops, um, 
he did best practice. Something went a little bit wrong. I think an important lesson is to smell the hops before you use them in dry hopping. If they don't have any aroma there, they're not going to have any aroma when you put them into the beer. How strong should it be? Like like the it day you fairly strong. Like the day you pick them. Like there's you no got reason. It. Yeah, there's no reason if you, they've been stored well for them not to have that. And it's not a matter of just adding more and that will solve it because you're going to get a lot of those other woody flavors oxidized flavors so as you add more to try to make up for the hops being old you're also going to be adding a lot of off flavors the other thing you might want to consider and i think what he talked about is he might not buy his finishing hops in bulk and to be quite honest this is something that i've been doing for years the only hop that i've actually bought in bulk recently is warrior um columbus once because i knew i was using eight ounces right away and it's also a good bittering hop but I really only buy my bittering hops in bulk, which I know is not the greatest economics because I'm only using half an ounce to maybe an ounce and a half per batch, um, but it keeps all my finishing hops fresh. Um, so in my freezer, you'll only find maybe quarter, half ounces of hops that didn't get used for finishing hops. I'll take those, I'll reuse those for bittering and always buy fresh stuff or grab fresh you know, homegrown hops out of the freezer for my dry hopping just to try to avoid this okay so fresh hops consider what you're buying in bulk we always tell people if you're buying eight to ten ounces you might as well buy the pound and what reason we say that is because if you go to the second half later and it is cheesy it is oxidized it does seem to lose your flavor it's not worth throwing those hops into another beer eight to ten ounces of single ounces is the same price as a pound you didn't lose any money so chuck those hops use them for bittering in another beer don't try to put them into dry hop if they don't have that fresh flavor all right. All right. So the, the next problem we can have is when your dry hops stay dry. You know, you would think with the dry hopping, this wouldn't be a problem. But right. No, you actually want your dry hops to be wet. Wet hops are fresh hops. Gets a little confusing, but you're You want them to maintain you, their moisture. You want them to maintain. You want them to be fully saturated inside there. Um, this is another problem that we're kind of seeing more recently. When This is when the hops kind of form a cake on the surface. Some or most of the hops are end up floating above the surface, kind of held up by the air bubbles trapped in the hops below. So you end up with kind of this iceberg of hops kind of floating at the top of the fermenter. This usually happens when you, just like I said at the beginning of the show, open up your fermenter, dump in the hops, and walk away. So if you're doing New England IPAs, you're only dry hopping in the primary, this is probably where you're losing a little bit. So they come up to the top, they stay there, they don't get saturated. You go to rack or you go to look at your card buoy later on and you just see them dry. It's a pretty simple fix. Shake the fermenter, stir the fermenter, get those hops in there, come back again in 15 to 20 minutes and make sure they've all saturated. Um, but this can be a common problem, especially when in narrow vessels, so in the top of car buoys. But I also see it in people with conical fermenters because, again, they're dumping the hops on top. Um, or, again, the people who kind of let the beer crash in the secondary before putting the hops in there can sometimes have this problem. Mm -hmm. And then the last problem that we can often have is hops stuck in the sediment. And I have to admit, this is the one that I usually have a problem with. And it is one of the harder ones to so if you were listening to what we were saying before, you would say, okay, so it's kind of obvious. I should put the hops into the fermenter first, rack on the top. That will mix them up, make sure they become fully saturated, uh, and then I don't have to worry about them staying dry. But the problem comes if you're racking the beer a little bit early and you still have a lot of sediment falling, you still have a lot of yeast flocculating, 
that protein can make an ionic bond to the hops. Uh, the yeast can flocculate to the hops and pull them right to the bottom of the fermenter and bury them there. And so if you're dry hopping right out of the primary, this is often a problem. The solution is, again, simple, stir, but then you kind of worry that you're not getting the right surface area because you have a lot of hops, you know, kind of caked in with the yeast, and are they really getting exposed to the liquid? So you might not get that consistency. The kind of solution that I've kind of found to this is I will actually either rack my beer a day early into the secondary, again, putting those hops in late, or I'll actually crash out the primary. So if I have the beer in the basement or on the fermentation chamber, I'll simply bring it down 5 to 10 degrees, or I'll take it off the shelf in the basement, put it on the floor, and that should crash out some of the yeast or protein. A day or two of that, at most three days, to take most of these solids out. That way, when you put in the hops, there's nothing to cover them up. You're putting them into a fresh secondary. You're not going to get a lot of sediment, um, and you should kind of get full exposure. Dry hopping the same way every time will really kind of help with your consistency, but it's not going to replace, as we often say, coming back and checking up on the beer. Uh, if you can check on the beer after a couple of days, it's going to make a big difference. You're going to head off any of these problems. You're not going to be figuring out about them at bottling time or kegging time or when you have guests over for the holidays. You're going to know about them a few days before so you still have a chance to do something. If they're you know, dry and floating at the top, shake it. If you see them at the bottom, shake it. You might want to come back to the store, grab another half an ounce and put it in there just to kind of boost it up a little bit. Um, or if you can taste it and say, do you want to know what? I don't think this has enough. I don't know what's wrong. You might want to check your mineral content or do something else like that. We should get to a break, break here. Yes. Yeah, we should get to a break. Uh, before we, we're done with the show, what I'd like to go over is that once we wrap this up, let's do a little bit of like last minute gift idea. Be, like mm -hmm. it's, Two days before, I've got one day to buy the thing that outside of a, I don't want to do a gift certificate, just run down like maybe the top five things that uh, the day before Christmas, you know, you guys are selling for uh, convenience sake or whatever it might be. So vanishing dry hops and your last minute gift guide when we return. It is Niagara Traditions. Just brew it on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supply. 1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays, 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. Back here on Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It on ESPN 1520, finishing up our vanishing dry hop discussion. When you're so, not getting the, the return on the on the dry hopping that you're doing. And then we have two kind of options left here, and we'll, we'll say three. Um, that if you have been dry hopping, you feel like you're being consistent, but you're still having problems, there's a couple of things you can do. And the first thing we're going to get to is it might be time to start looking at your mineral content. One outside factor that I think we usually count on as uh, – 
consistent here is our water quality. And the one thing I can say about our water quality is the chlorine is pretty low and the consistency is really damn good when you kind of are looking at brewers on forums um, or like homebrew talk across the nation. We have very consistent water and it doesn't have any major kind of off flavor. But especially as the kind of lake trees over here, and, and again, thaw in the spring, uh, we see these slight mineral changes. And you also have the algae blooms that tend to work their way across the lake. And this does change your water a little bit. So sometimes it might be that the mineral content is too low. And then if you don't have enough gypsum or enough calcium chloride that you're having, the hops are there. The elements, the oils, everything that you want to taste is in the beer. Um, but you're just not perceiving it. And again, the minerals are kind of like adding salt or pepper to the food. They don't add their own flavor, but they bring out the flavors only there. So if you're noticing that your beers are muted, and even though you're consistent, you're still noticing a little bit of changes, you may want to start filtering your water to remove any excess chlorine, to help remove any solids, maybe starting with RO water and building the full mineral content. That's going to be the only way to be sure that you're getting uh, exactly the mineral content that you're looking for. And as always, there's also some gadgets that can help you in this too. One of them that we have is called usually a, like a hop, a hop tube or a hop torpedo. And it's a large cylinder that will go into your fermenter. It's stainless steel, has a screw on top and a mesh side. You put it into the fermenter and it sits in there. And it holds your hops, and it holds them at whatever level you want. You can even grab the string, kind of bounce it around in the fermenter to kind of get some fresh beer flowing through there. These are kind of nice. So also, if you're having problems getting, like, gritty beers, if you're doing all these late hop additions and you're trying to really rush them over into bottles or keg to keep them fresh, this will prevent any bits of getting through that don't have time to settle out later. And it will also prevent against the whole, you know, flocculating or floating by kind of keeping them almost in this like kind of little shark cage inside your fermenter right in the middle where you want it. So those are nice. You can also do the same thing with, you know, a hot bag and marbles, but the stainless steel device, a little bit easier to clean, a little bit easier to sanitize, um, and easier to work with in the long run. And there's a couple of different variations of those. And that could be one of your last minute good gift ideas. As well as, if you want to kind of talk about that, hops are as well. Yeah. <clears throat> this might sound bizarre to somebody who doesn't homebrew, but hops are the primary spice used in beer. They all come genetically really from one plant that has slight variations. So imagine walking into a store, the only thing you season your food with is pepper, and there's 125 different <laughs> forms of pepper. You know you pretty much like all forms of black pepper, but you're looking at 125 forms. And so coming in, we have a good poster up that has descriptions of all the different flavors that the hops bring to the beer and how they might be used. Getting somebody an ounce or two of bizarre hops or hops that sound appealing to you is not absurd. And for the brewer, it kind of gives us a little push in the direction to start planning a recipe, which is often the hardest. We have enough trouble as homebrewers deciding what we're going to brew. And then when it comes down to picking a finishing hop or picking a yeast, so a dried yeast might be another good gift idea, it's a little stocking stuffer, this will help push the brewer into some inspiration, kind of get them going in a direction they might not have gone before. So it might be a good idea. It might be a good gift idea to push somebody. I haven't found a hop head who doesn't like a certain hop or anything like that. Um, they'll use it. Good stocking stuffer. Good stocking else. stuffer, yeah. Hydrometers, too. This is another. Well, you can, like, never, you can never have too many hydrometers. They're like the socks of homebrewing. If socks not only wore out, but they also broke every time you dropped them. Right. It's the kind of thing where if you got a hydrometer, 
Someone might say, I got you I got you that. Do you already have one? Yes, but I'll need this one in two weeks because yeah. they always <laughs> Put it away someplace safe where you'll remember, uh, and it will be there, and it will uh, really help. And the other thing that I would like to point out, and nobody really likes this idea, but it's been done once or twice for me, and people have said they've been on the receiving end of this, really loved it, clean new bottles. That helps. It, it looks kind of lame, but when you're giving it to somebody – Here's two hours of your time back. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's really what it comes down to. Even if they're good about, you know, like rinsing out their bottles, you still got to soak them. You still got to rinse them. You still got to sanitize them right before you use them. And that whole cleaning, brushing phase that you don't have to do with new bottles takes about, what, hour to two hours depending yep. on how excited you are to be there. And those are so cheap, too. You can you can go online and order or whatever. You can go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, we got them. They're yeah. definitely going to be cheaper here because they're heavy and they're glass. Right, right. So you you'll know, go so online, order dollars a case. It's so cheap. And, and we it, have a bunch of, we have Belgian bottles, we have deucers, we have champagne for under $20 a case. The champagne are a really nice, f- fancy bottle. Or if you really want to go over the top, get them the flip top bottles, the girl style bottles. Those are great if they bottle, if they keg. I usually keep some around for bottling my cider or mead to kind of just have a little bit fancier kind of, you know, old school look. But I also use the larger ones like growlers because you can't lose the cap. It's stuck on there. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they fill up well like a growler and you can take them. They're one liter so They're about the same size. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're nice. But clean new bottles, always a good gift idea because you're basically giving the person time, um, which is always the hardest part to find in any hobby. It's the actual time to sit down and do what you want to do. So by giving them the clean bottles, again, you're giving them that time. Good stocking stuffers. Cleaning supplies, maybe? Not a, not a bad stocking stuffer no, again, kind of thing? again, something you always end up using. Yeah, Be Bright, Star Labels Sand. or fancy bottle caps. Colored bottle caps are a nice way to kind of differentiate, you know, what your batch is. We have everything, you know, every color under the sun, plus, uh, you know, like uh, cider, hop, uh, cones. Uh, we have U.S. flags. We have color change caps. So you, if you're keeping your beer cellared and you want to put it in the fridge and know when it's cold to drink, we have color change caps Very for nice. you. Um, but those are another good gift idea. And, of course, the winemaking kits. I mean, we haven't really talked about that too much in the last couple of weeks. We got, we got to it a little bit in the fall, and I think we kind of burned ourselves out on yeah. it. We, like to, we, we prefer to keep it to beer, but we feel like we obligation to wine. And if somebody is a beer maker, they already have the equipment they need to make wine. So if you want to grab them one of those winemaking kits and get them 33 bottles of wine for what you could buy about four or five bottles at the store for, that's another good gift idea. If you know they're a home brewer, they're going to have the equipment. Vice versa, if you know they're a winemaker, they pretty much have everything but the capper that they need to do wine as well. So that kind of works both ways. If they're a winemaker, you can get them a beer ingredient kit. If they're a beer maker, you can get them a wine juice kit because they already have the rest of the stuff to do it. All right. Well, that'll just about wrap it for us. Hope everyone has a good, safe, happy, healthy holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, open today. You guys are open today from uh, well, 10 to 4, right? 10 to 4? 10 to 4 today. 10, We're open 11, 11 to 2 tomorrow. 2 tomorrow. We're closed Christmas Day, and then we'll be open 11 to 5 Tuesday to Friday next week. Is there generally a late rush like 
Christmas Eve, like right up to it? No, people no, are not real. We get a couple of people coming in for gift certificates. They're on their way to a party. They know where they're going. They know where they can get it. We're open. Um, mostly the people that we get are our own customers trying to grab some stuff before they have the day off. So they're right. coming in to get some yeast packets, a little bit of hops to finish off a beer, uh, maybe some kegging supplies because they have people coming over and they want to have some extra seals around. Right, very good. So we do get some holiday shoppers at the end, but it's actually the last day is mostly our regular customers. People yeah. have some time off, and like I said, when they know they have some time, they're going to make some beer. So if you are doing some last-minute stuff, don't panic about it being overly crowded because uh, it generally isn't. All right, happy holidays to all. We'll talk to you next week as we get set to usher in the new year here on Niagara Traditions. Just brew it. Beer, 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 beer. You've been listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.